What time is it? It's time for Work at Spursy. Mike and Steve, no Dave again, but we do have a very special guest to uh, fill in for him. Uh, but before we get to that, I would like to ask you, Mike, it's not the question that I'm really dying to ask, but it is a good question, and that's, how are you? It's been no, a while. I, I haven't seen you in about a, a day. Yeah, I mean, about 24 hours or so. Um I'm flying high, man. Uh, yesterday, that the downer, uh, the downer to start our our day, um, and then uh, my wife and my daughter are down at uh, the in laws and visiting my parents down south. So we had kind of Lucas and I had kind of a boys' day, which was awesome. Um, and then later in the evening, he had uh, three matches to play and um, had a number of beautiful goals. Uh, he had kind of one accidental goal. Um, but he got into the, into the semis and the finals of his, uh, 7v7 league. And, uh, that team is so much fun to watch a lot of good, like young kids, good attitudes, great parents. Um, and it was just kind of a pickup team to start. So that was, that was what was really fun about it. Um, and a lot of these kids had the downers from last season, uh, because, you know, they're on his regular club team. Um, but it was just so fun to watch these kids, like get so excited about about you know not just scoring goals but about winning a tournament winning a league and then winning the knockout rounds you know um great coaching and i and i just can't thank uh, coach area enough like um lucas always says i can't understand him because he's eastern european but um <laughs> he picks on lucas a lot uh told him he his finishing is as good as terry Henry. Uh, and, and Lucas is like, you know, Lucas Take always does else. that. Yeah. <laughs> Get out of my face with that. Um, so he teases him a little bit, but it's, it's very nice to see great coaching. The kids are all great. And I just had a great time last night. We finished uh, the final at about 11 PM. So, uh, well, 10 30 probably. Um, but it was just a good time. So I'm flying high this week, man. Nice, nice. Glad to hear it. Glad to hear it. Um, myself, it's been a pretty busy weekend as well. Uh, we celebrated my sister-in-law's 40th birthday last night. Um, so that was a, a huge milestone. It was really great to get out and, uh, you know, just be a little bit more social than normal. Uh, and today we actually picked up a new puppy who is currently napping in the other room. Uh, her name's Echo. She's a Pomsky, uh, very adorable, very fluffy. Um, our old man is not super impressed, but, uh, <laughs> you know, so we've got her right now in like, uh, one of Isaac's old pack and plays. Um, so they're in the same room, but there is a clear barrier between them. We figure let's just get used to keeping them in the same place without the fear of, you know, one big dog trying to rip the little puppy to shreds, uh, I always, I, I think of, you know, I'm, I'm just getting that visual of like the secret life of pets when they bring the new dog home. If you, if you've seen that. Yep. I have actually, <laughs> uh, he's mellowed out a bit. He was a bit, um, you know, angry at first, but has since kind of just been more like, ah, whatever. I'm too old for this shit. Yeah. Um, but anyway, Mike, why don't you introduce, uh, our Dave replacement for the day? I think he's a man who needs no introduction, but I'll let you do it anyway. <laughs> Yeah, well, let's let's introduce him. Um, so uh, we really uh, we're really excited about this uh, for for two reasons. It's it's always great to have um, other members of our podcast community, especially like one of our podcast our podcast gurus, our Godfather, um, dressed like the Godfather today. Um, but um, also, the second reason is because he has just earned his uh, his new brand new lily white jacket um for being in the four timers club uh along with brian from rhode island so uh i i i really don't have to introduce this fella but um 
Um, we will anyway from uh, the Extra Inch podcast. You know him as Wendy, uh, Chris Miller. Welcome. Hello, chaps. Very nice to be here. Really nice to hear, firstly, you gushing over Lucas's achievements um, like a super proud dad. That was delightful. And then Steve just like dropping in, he's got a new puppy. That's is so oh, yeah. nice. That's, that's amazing news. My toddler's um, uh, in love, in love. I'm right sure, now. like full heart eyes emoji, no doubt. Oh, yeah. Just like sitting in the pack and play with her, like, let's play together. It's like you hated that thing when you were a baby and now you want to be in it. All right. <laughs> So Whatever, nice. kid. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I've just got home from a, a family gathering. Um, we were at my wife's parents. Um, so I had my 40th birthday a fortnight ago. So we were belatedly celebrating that. Very nice. And well, my wife's birthday, birthday and um my my future brother-in-law's birthday as well. So yeah, it's been it's been a nice time. And uh, we got home and and unfortunately, our dog had thrown up on the carpet, so that, that was what we came home to. Um, but he was very excited to see us, and so we just whipped him out for a quick walk before I jumped on the pod. So hence, I was kind of dashing in at the last second um, with no time to spare. Well, you've done a great job, and we have to we have to thank your uh, your lovely bride for uh, for allowing us to have you for this <laughs> for this time that we get the the talk. I know your your time is precious uh, with family, and you know with all the other uh, engagements you have, and. We, we really thank you for being here. Anytime, honestly, it's a pleasure. So, so we had a, uh, so go had ahead, match. Steve, I'll let, yeah. I'll let you do it. We had a great minds think alike, or at least, yeah. you know, minds that have uh, shared in a miserable experience think alike. We did play <laughs> yesterday. There was a match. Um, some played uh, a little bit more enthusiastically than most. Uh, <laughs> that would be Pedro Neto. something. <laughs> So, uh, who, where, where do we want to start with that, man? You know, I, I'd like to start with lineups because, um, we, you know, I think we talked about it, uh, Steve, maybe on our WhatsApp, maybe last week, probably, possibly, but I was hoping that Andrew would come out and do something a little bit braver, maybe something a little bit different and possibly using uh Dragushin as, um, as a center back and sliding Mickey out to the left side. Uh, I know that Mickey, has has kind of played that position a little bit uh in a past life um or at least something similar to it um we know that he can carry the ball he, he doesn't particularly adept at it but um i think he would have been able to play that position pretty effectively um instead we got you know big daddy which you know perfectly fine um you know as a second or third option for me um second option in a very big emergency which obviously we had and we can get into why that why that is an emergency um but um on the other side you had emerson now emerson i think is a perfect uh example of a traditional uh a tra traditional right back he doesn't necessarily he can't necessarily do any of the things that that a pedro poro does which is why pedro poro is I mean, is shown to be a, a very, very important piece of this puzzle. Um, not just through his play, but like um because we can now see the deficiencies when he's not in there. You know, Emerson's never gonna be that guy who's gonna um be able to infer carry the ball forward, um, put in, you know, put in big crosses. Um he, he's not gonna be that guy. He's gonna link up with with Decky um or anybody in the midfield. Uh Really, I think that um, it was a detriment because, you know, you see guys like Destiny and you see guys like Poro who who are arriving in the box. They're able to carry the ball through the midfield. They're they're able to to receive the ball, turn and pass. And um, to a greater extent on, on the right side with, with Pedro Poro, um, somebody who's able to shoot from the outside. Now, I I saw a couple of times where where we we broke through, um, get into the 18, and here comes Emerson up the side, and Decky decides to go another way because he sees Emerson bolting forward and knowing that Emerson has limitations in that area, you know, it um it it really made the day difficult. And I think that was partially to partially to blame for the performance. Outside of that, everybody else was just pretty lackluster and 
energyless for me. Um, you know, outside of Decky's beautiful finish, but um, Wendy, what do you, what did you think about that about the lineups? Did you pretty much as expected? I think it was as expected, and that is why I was disappointed. I was I was hoping like you that he would try something different. Um, I actually am uh, I'm less confident that Van der Ven could pull off that role on on the left in the inverted role. But I do think Romero could pull off the role on the right. I think Romero receiving back to play in the inverted right back position and having some creative passing along the lines of Poro is a genuine feasible option. But then that would mean, like you say, Dragushin coming in, um, having never started for us before. And, and I, I get it. It's a big ask. It's, you know, it's uh, it's a big call to make moving your best defender and arguably one of our best players, Romero, to a different position and then bringing in a, a, a young player who's not played much. But my issue comes from, you know, having picked that team, having seen how the first half went, having seen our struggles with ball progression, having seen how we were really finding it hard to get past that um, halfway line and with the ball received, being received by the front players in any kind of, with any quality, he had to change something at half time, in my view. I, I felt like, going out there with the same 11, just expecting things to change because you've given them a talking to was optimistic. And, you know, we got the early goal. So I'm thinking, great, is this going to actually work? But no, we, we sank back into the, the same pattern that the first half had seen largely. We were very vulnerable to the counter, but more importantly, we just struggled to create. We really struggled to kind of feed the ball to our creative players with any, um, in positions where they could actually hurt them. And uh, in an efficient way where the ball is arriving at their feet in a, in the maximized um, the maximized possibilities. And I think that is due to the the fullbacks. And I don't blame Emerson Royale or Ben Davis for that. I think this is you know what we saw from them was their maximum capabilities in those roles. Like they they are what they are. They are Ben Davis now, I think has to be considered a center back. I don't think he's a viable fullback really. And Emerson Royale, as like you say, is a traditional fullback. He cannot play the inverted role. He does simply doesn't have the uh, press resistance to play the the inverted role or the creative passing or creative carrying. You know, you you have to have kind of one of the three, ideally two of the three. Um, he he doesn't have those qualities. So I was kind of frustrated. And people will say, well, what other option did he have? You know, what was he meant to do? Like you say, the only option is to to bring in Dragushin and. Play Romero, but I genuinely think why not play Saar or Skip as as the right back? Because most of the time when we've got the ball, they are inverting and they are playing what is essentially a central midfield profile. And in a game where we're struggling to break down the opposition too much, I felt like that was an opportunity to experiment. And as much as I think Ange is a brilliant, brilliant, brilliant coach, and he will find solutions to this, he'll he will get it right because he's fantastic. Uh he is quite a conservative manager when it comes to team selections and substitutions, I've noticed so far. And uh, I'm finding that a little frustrating, I must admit. Yeah, that SAR, that SAR comment is actually interesting because I do feel like he has experience playing in that role uh, when he was out in France last uh, last season. You know, he was kind of all over the place. So it's not like he's lacking the versatility. And that that could be a, a relatively decent option because a lot of the work that he does, particularly on the defensive side, is quite smart. Um, you know, he doesn't really get himself into those situations where he himself is beat. Um, you know, he's he's more disruptive in that capacity. Emerson just got beat far too many times. Um, and he does have a tendency to pop up in the box too. Some of his late runs, um, you know, we saw it just, what, a couple games ago where he uh, got a goal off of just an intelligent run into the box. Um, so... Yeah, I, I I like that a lot. Um, actually, that that could have been interesting. It's unfortunate that we lost both of them at the same time. Um, you know, uh, Destiny and um, Oro. But yeah, that was rough. Um, but the thing for me that I felt was most disappointing or was really lacking is is that leadership. Um, and that's where you know this it's it's difficult because we all know what sun is capable of bringing 
but the dude has come off a Asian, uh, you know, international cup competition where he was playing 120 minute games, running himself into the ground. You know, it's clear to me that he is tired and he's making mistakes. He's playing poor passes, loose passes. He's not really looking to see, you know, what his next option is going to be. I honestly expected him to be pulled as one of the first subs to give like Werner a chance to get out there and to whip balls into Richarlison. When Richarlison's number came up, I was shocked because he was, he was putting effort in, like he was all over the place, helping out defensively and, you know, trying to get forward, holding things up. Um, Richarlison's been much better at not flopping to the ground constantly. Um, but the fact that son who's very clearly tired and needs a break uh, stayed out there for the full time. That to me was shocking. I would have thought that, uh, you know, just hand the armband over to Romero to Madison, somebody to inject that energy and urgency. I feel Romero in particular is a very vocal guy about like, you know, just grin and bear it, get through it, push forward. Um, I would have liked to have seen that change personally. I'm disappointed. I, I, not so much in the personnel that came on, because I do think going with that all-out offensive approach when we needed that goal is technically, on paper, the right move. Um, I just don't know that uh, in current form, having two players in Werner and Johnson coming in, uh, where the finishing is a little bit suspect. Like, yes, Johnson scored pretty recently, but, you know, that's right place, right time. The rest of his play has been kind of subpar. Werner assist machine he's not really finding the goals though and then to take off your big uh informed goal threat it just i don't know it that was rough that was really rough and i do think like you said it does show some of our deficiencies yes in the fullback but also in a creative finisher um you know having i said it once i'm gonna say it again having to keep dane scarlet uh due to him playing too many teams for too many teams this year and uh, loaning out Valise kind of hurts because I do think Valise would have been an interesting option to come on and try to poach a goal. Dane Scarlett clearly isn't there. Uh, otherwise, he would have been on. Uh, and then there's just nobody else that I really trust up there. It's hard. Um, and then I, you've got I, the guys who are coming back from, you know, like Basuma's first start. He had some moments where he looked fantastic and then other moments where he just shut off and cost us a goal yeah, like like when like when he gave the ball away and and yeah and instead of you know i mean he does give a little bit of effort to track back and try and try and take the ball back but then he just disappears from the screen um leaving a man wide open in the middle you know we knew we knew going into this this was going to be a tricky a tricky match like wolves is for some reason is you know what they traditionally call like a bogey team we just we 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 can't figure out a way around a a a tricky match with wolves. It's always it's always gritty. It's always tricky. They love and it doesn't seem to matter what kind of what kind of manager they have or who they have as a manager. They always find themselves playing this low block to mid low block, and and it frustrates. And it and it's the same for Spurs. No matter which manager it's been in the in recent times. You know, you haven't been able to find a Spurs team that can break down a team who plays in a, in a low block type of a situation. You know, we don't have those those creative guys in the box like like you had with with a with a Delhi or with you know even even a Christian Eriksen or, or or somebody like that who can come into the box. Even even you can you can shit on him all you want for his for his personal stuff but Lucas Mora used to be used to because because he wasn't dribbly so and and that brings up the question because I did and I, I'm going to ask you Wendy what you think about this because I did see Nathan um that texted or uh, tweeted about or xed or whatever they're calling it these days about no dribbly fair. wingers you know and I was and I was saying last week we do need a guy healthy at least we have a guy who who's not healthy right now in a manner Solomon who he has his own deficiencies, but we need a a, a man of Solomon type, maybe someone who's a little better, and that maybe we'll be looking to that in the future. But I know Nathan did talk about having maybe two dribbly wingers, right? Real quick, Mike. Um, I I one little point um that I would contest 
it's not that I don't think we are lacking the creative players to break something down. I do think Madison and Loselso have the ability to do that. Except right. Madison is in poor form, having come back from injury and hasn't really found his groove. And Loselso is persistently injured and hasn't gotten a run out, so he has been incapable of in. I would, I would argue that Madison's still isn't healthy, but it, I would, I would just, argue that Madison's not healthy. So. He's not right. We we have the players who can do it. We just don't have them fit and ready to go. <laughs> We're kind of forced to do it, and that's the unfortunate part, right? Like this is where I would have loved to see you know, knowing that we don't have any other options, maybe this is the opportunity to see more of Donley, who I have personally been really impressed with his work rate uh, in his few cameo appearances. But again, you know, he uh, got to play in the, what, U21 game instead, uh, which ended up being kind of, from what I hear, a bit of a shit show. But <laughs> I, I like the kid. I think he's got loads of potential and I would love to see more of him you know, get those 10, 15 minute runs out at the end of games. I think he's got the he body. Did. He's got the attitude. He's got the ability. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, yeah. This uh, is kind of what I'm getting at around Ange being quite conservative because I think, um, you know, I think if you look at some of the other clubs around our position, I know there's a lot to play for, right? It's, it's Champions League football on the line. It's, it's big stakes. But I do think other managers would have involved Donnelly more, particularly during our injury crisis, where he was playing players kind of out of position. We didn't have Madison and we didn't have Lascelles. So at the same time, the next profile that fits that role is Donnelly. The next player who, whose profile fits that role is Donnelly for sure. Um, I think he's one of, he's got one of the best passing ranges at the club right now. To be honest, uh, his his work rate is incredible. He's creative. He's got the vision. He scores goals. And I think he should have been involved a bit more. And I would have liked to have seen him on the bench yesterday, to be honest. I think he would have been a really useful sub to bring on to kind of try and pick for lock. Um, specifically on on the dribbly winger points, um, I think Nathan ultimately is absolutely right that we do need at least one dribbly winger who can beat his man one-on-one. -on -one. We saw Kulosevsky do that and ended with a goal. And you know that's that's kind of one of the routes to go in these kind of matches where you have set defences they were playing um essentially a back five and then uh, a three midfield for a lot of the game and it's hard it's really hard to break that down there's the the, the uh, distances between the defense and the midfield are so small that madison can't get into pockets of space in between those lines and we can't find him so it's tough and having someone who can beat their man off a standing start and get in behind or commit extra players pulls the team out of shape and it's really useful However, the point I would make is even without the dribbly winger option, with the players we have at our disposal, we should be able to beat Wolves were it not for things like injuries and I think fatigue. And in Son's case, you know, he is drained mentally and physically. I thought he was actually quite poor in the last game when he came off the bench. And then, of course, he gets that that assist mm -hmm. in the last minute. Yeah. Um, and the thing is, he's capable of his moments. Like that's why he's left on. That's why Ange doesn't take him off and, and takes Richarlison off instead, which I think was a mistake. But that's because of his name and his reputation, rather than the reality of how he's playing. And he's exactly. playing like a man who is a bit broken and needs a break. And it's not just Son, like you say, it's Madison. He's clearly uh, rusty. Is is the the gentle kind of generous way of phrasing it? I think. Kulosevsky's put in a tremendous workload this season. Sometimes, you know, it's when you go to games and you, you see the way Kulosevsky is um, manhandled constantly. He's such a big physical specimen. He, like, almost has players on his back at times and he's just brute forcing his way through them. And he comes off the pitch, just, like, almost has to drag himself off the pitch. He looks so exhausted. And he's done that week after week after week after week. And I think it's really starting to show... And it was showing in Udogi, it was showing in Poro. You know, this is a constant issue with um, the, the. I think, the workload that Angeball has put on some of these players. And um, a lot of players, say, a lot of people say, you know, they've only got one game a week, they shouldn't be tired. But I think <laughs> it's very easy to say that when you're not playing one of the most intense styles of football in the Premier League. This, what we're trying to do is so intense it's such hard work and our players aren't thoroughly accustomed to it yet so it'll take some time and we'll beef up the squad next year and hopefully see some more rotation and everything will be fine but it was kind of just the perfect storm for this one in my view 
Yeah. And it's interesting, right? Because like, it's not six days off either. They're going in for training. They're pushing yeah. in training too. Like we see a lot of the social media is focused on the good vibes and everybody getting along and everything. But you just know that, uh, you know, when push comes to shove, Ange has them working hard in training because they need that fitness. They need to be mm -hmm. able to play in that style for 90 minutes. And yeah, it's it's definitely lacking because some of these players have been forced to do it way longer than maybe they should in, in ideal situations. It doesn't help that with the way that extra time has been played this year, we've seen like seven, eight, nine, eleven, twelve minutes at it. Um, just insane the number of minutes a lot of these these guys are playing, and then you've got internationals that take that too. It's it's a lot for sure. Um, but for me, you know. What I really want to see them work on is, you know, something that's a little bit more confidence building because there were opportunities in that game. We weren't lacking. Um, we were ha we had at least three or four instances where we played quick, slick, one, two touches through the box. And instead of just taking that first time shot, we had somebody who would take an extra touch or play that extra pass when you don't need to. And you know, you can't test the goalkeeper if you're just trying to walk it in, right? You need to be able to go, I see the goal, I'm taking the shot. End of story. I, th I think that's a lot of the a lot of the issue we see, you know, with Kulitsevsky and and Son to, for that matter. You know, Son uh a couple times where I know we both said at the same time, Steve, at one point was just like, shoot it. You know, I say it, I say it to my son too, you know, <laughs> like just shoot. Yeah, like yeah, you're playing you're playing on the left wing bring the ball across the front of the box and shoot from distance. If, you know, I usually was, there's uh, going to be somebody there, at, at least a center forward who's going to be there, hopefully to sweep that up and, 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 you know, tap it in the, tap it in the goal. Um, and, and Kulisewski was the same. We've been saying that for weeks and weeks, but when he's right, he's, he's completely just, I'm going to use the word Dave, Dave said I was weirdo, but uh, use the word. He's, he's just gassed with two Z's. He is, he's out of fuel. Yes. Yeah, and, and, but you showed like it, it, he showed a little bit more of like that, that decky that we fell in love with. Right. That, that guy who's willing to take chances, that guy who's willing to beat somebody. But, you know, again, when he's right, like he's, he's being beat down. He's being leaned on. He's being pushed. He's being kicked. His ankles are being kicked out from underneath him. It's got to be hard when you're not scoring and you're not making those contributions that you used to be you used to making. He can't. He's he is such a big dude. He's not going to be one of those guys like who's going to be able to squirt through and, and you know and 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 get to the goal on a consistent basis. He's going to be the guy who's going to be doing the dirty work, and I'm sure he knows it. And but the thing with Ange versus what we saw with the Italian terrorist is that. Is that the Italian terrorist went in and said, "We're gonna get, we're gonna get fit through, through running constantly, and 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 Ange is doing it through, you know, he's not forcing the guys to do wind sprints, right? He's out there putting them, putting them through the through the ringer and and training and training, and and that's how they're getting fit. They're getting fit through gameplay. They're getting fit through training, through practicing versus." doing wind sprints back and forth until they throw up, you know, yeah. there's Sun no buckets on the sidelines. Yeah. And, and in particular had that one moment, I, I think it was in the early in the second half where he cut onto his right foot. And instead of trying to take the shot when he had a little bit of space, went to make that pass. And it's like, buddy, what are you doing? You're in the box. You're on your right foot. Just shoot the ball. But that's the thing, right? That's what we're seeing. Uh, you know, Decky probably made the wrong choice in shooting when he had that overlap uh, that was coming in. Richarlison at one point took an extra touch that he didn't need to. It's it's rough. Um, and I get it. it. The interesting thing as you were talking that I was thinking about was uh, how much funnier in a way it is when Johnson comes in and plays in that right wing spot in favor of Decky and how much more Johnson ends up on the ground <laughs> Because you're right. Because well, the, like, the, the, the defensive tactics aren't changing because they've been working the entire game. Well, yeah, but also it's like, you know, it's like Chris said, Decky almost puts guys on his back and just runs with them, bulldozes through. Johnson doesn't have that strength. So he gets hit, he's going down, and he's going down hard.
it's just a different frame player, right? Like I would love to see Johnson use that pace a bit more to try to beat players, but I don't know if it's lack of confidence or or what, but there's something going on where he just hesitates a little too long to be effective. Werner, considering his lack of goal scoring form, doesn't seem to lack the confidence. And I think that's why he's been able to pick up a few assists early on in his uh, Spurs career. It's, mm -hmm. it's just interesting to me to see, uh, you know, how these different guys are playing. Uh, but yeah, that was a, a hugely disappointing game for sure. Um, we got longer yet until our next one, so hopefully we can bounce back. But before we it was like a long into, time to wait, I gotta tell you, <laughs> I know, right? What is it? The like only 10, upside 10 days, like, <laughs> yeah, the only upside is maybe Poro and Udogi get fit for the next game. That's that's the thing, that's what I'm crossing my fingers for. Um, but before we talk about uh, what's coming up, there is one question that we typically ask around midway point, and I would love it, Chris, if you would ask Mike this very specific question. I know you know where we're going. I would love to ask the question. Let's do it. Hey, Mike, what you drinking? <laughs> you know what, Wendy? I love it when you ask that question. Um We've had a number. We like every every one of our guests has has kind of asked that question. Nobody nobody asked it. Like Ricky was, uh, Ricky was great at it, and and he he's the uh, he's the current champion of uh, Hey Mike, what what you drinking? But um, it, it's extra special when you when you ask it. Uh, today, fills um, him with the warm. Fuzzies. Again, I'm gonna try. I'm gonna try another sour. Okay, Godspeed. Um, a few weeks ago, um, so on the extra inch Discord, I. Uh, I frequent the beer and booze uh, thread, and um, it's it's a good good room for me to stay in. Um, <laughs> but I was told that I have they to keep trying him from everything else. There was some there was some great there was some great banter, uh, you know, uh, on my on my lack of uh, you know um, branching out into into other beer styles, uh, and and I I felt like I was late to the party on the sour, so I'm. So I'm back into it. I am going to drink a a beer from a brewery in Vermont who uh, specializes in sours. Uh, I think we did the party jam last year, the the blackberry party oh, jam. Yeah. Um, this time uh, they've just put out like a whole bunch of different pale ales and India pale ale sours. So they're like heavily hopped um, sour ales. Now Hermit Thrush specializes in kettle sours. Um, these these beers are are soured during the during the brewing process in the in the brew kettles. Um, I'm really interested in this one. Um, so it has the rainbow wheel on it. We'll see we'll see the can it has the rainbow wheel on it. Uh, Hermit Thrush is in Brattleboro, Vermont. Brattleboro, Vermont is a very aggressive part of Vermont. There, um, and Hermit Thrush is uh uh they do a lot for the lgbtq community um and uh we appreciate them for that um it's this is spot. uh I've actually been there before it's yeah really they cool do location. have a they do have a nice little spot right in the middle of town i used to live in brattleboro um and we didn't frequent hermit thrush because it wasn't there when i was there but uh, <laughs> there wasn't there was a now defunct brewery called mcneil's that we went to all the time and they had a they had it was that brewery was an inside of an old firehouse like an 1800s style firehouse um and it smelled and looked like it too <laughs> but they had a they had a red ale that was just outrageous and they they brewed it right there like right in on brew on brew days yeah on brew days like they were there in the bar with you brewing the beer while you're sitting at the bar yeah it's oh, a cool spot but uh yeah, my dirty, buddy but... Yeah, my buddy's family has a farm down in Brattleboro, so on occasion we'll get down there to visit. Uh, yeah, and, and man, like this is when when you started talking about sours, Mike, like, and I went on my little rant about how most of these like mainstream sours that are coming out are just like fruited beers that like aren't really sour. This is this is fucking sour. Like this is like I just sucked on a lemon sour. It's yeah. Yeah, I mean, and that's what you—that's what you want, right? It's not—it's exactly. not just a—it's not just a Belgian—it's not just a Belgian style beer. It's not—it's—it's it's not like uh, any of the this French is, style beers. Yeah, these are, you're going to drink this and pucker up, like. Yeah. <laughs> 
No, it's good. So yeah, this, but they're good. Uh, straight off the top, it's a fizzy beer. Soapy head. Uh, I've got it in my little. Like, is that a Care Bears mug? It's not a Care Bears. It is my Grateful Dead Dancing Bears mug. Uh huh. Um, right. A few a few of our friends know that I'm a that I'm a Grateful Dead fan. But uh, appearance straight off the top, dude. Looks like a unfiltered IPA. It's very very fizzy. Um, yeah, and it's and it smells like it smells like a Belgian triple almost. Like it's got that. Yeah, it's got that fermented at high temperatures kind of smell. Very yeasty. Um, I know this is probably gonna it's gonna turn my face inside out. I um, can't wait. Yeah, so this is <laughs> this is actually um brewed um when I was living down there, there was a there's a star there was a, a place called Four Star Farms, and they were um they were an organic farm and they were they were trying to um they're their initiative was kind of to bring local local produce to to the to the area to the towns and this was this was in the early 2000s early to mid 2000s where like the whole local stuff hadn't really caught on yet they started they started uh making hops um and this is made with their hops with the four star farms hops um and they're they're right on the Connecticut river and it's and it's pretty awesome uh, right now, it's like right near one of my favorite barbecue places ever. <laughs> anyway, um, let's get into this. I'm going to take a sip. Oh, I can't wait. Let's see what his face does. This is an interesting beer. <laughs> um, I, I, my wife is not going to enjoy this at all. Um, Amy, Amy is very much a, an IPA fan and a pale ale fan. Um, she does not like sours. Uh, this beer is really good. Um, I can see myself drinking a lot of it. This beer is it is a perfect cross between an IPA and a sour. Um, it has that that pucker. It has that taste. Has that yeasty kind of quality that you get in a sour beer. Not to be confused with the Yeezy quality. Yeezy, yes. I have a pair of Yeezys that I that I bought that are nine and a half that don't fit me. But I bought I bought them as an investment because I thought I was going to become a sneakerhead at one point. Oh no! Fucking terrible. Um, <laughs> so now they're just sitting in a box in my in my closet. Anyway, uh, this beer is really good. It it has all the qualities of of a pale ale that that nice bitter bite, but at the same time, it's got that that sour pucker that that you really only get with 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 certain types of beers and and. Uh, like again, like I said, fermented at high temperatures or fermented at high temperatures and 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 brewed with uh with a lot of yeast. So they use they use almost double the yeast and in it and it really comes through. It's not like those crazy fruited sours that you get. Um so for a rating, again, you know, we had a fruited sour a couple of weeks ago. I did not I and I I've discussed it before, I do not like mangoes. I don't know how, but whatever. Yeah, I know. I know. Um, I'm going to go ahead and give this one 4.1. Oh, <laughs> I didn't think Steve, you would Steve. go over four. Steve, Steve, Steve. <sighs> I did Man. say I'm going to have, I'm going to have more of these. I, I, I Amy, know, Amy I would know. probably give it, Amy would probably give it a, a 0. 0.0. Um, <laughs> She didn't even like. She loves cucumbers, and she didn't even like that cucumber beer we did last year. But anyway, uh, yeah, because it's yeah. cucumber beer. Like what? The f <laughs> I've had one cucumber beer in my life, and it was probably the worst beer I've ever had in my life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I guess. So, so um, <laughs> let's look ahead. I guess. Oh no, you need a song. I'm not. I'm not letting you off without a song. Um. Okay. Um. Let's go with easy enough. Easy enough. Uh, sour girl, Stone Temple Pilots. Ah, because it's a sour. Because oh, it's Dave's a sour. not going to appreciate this. No, no, it was too easy. Too easy. Uh, Dave, Sour Girl's I'm a good like shout. Dave. Though. Sour Girl's a good shout. It's a it's a good band. Good shout. Yeah, it is a good band. I'll give you that. All right, I, so uh, that's a. I just wanted I, I wanted to let you move on. Really, that's uh, Herbert Thrush. What what was the name of this again? River Beer. 
River Beer by Hermit Kettle. It's a Kettle Sour Pale Ale. 4.1, uh, great rating. Now we can look ahead. Uh, and it's been a little while since we've heard from our good friend, Chris. So, Chris, mm-hmm. we've got Crystal Palace coming up here uh, at the start of March. It's another home game. How do you feel about that? Well, now I've seen how the Wolves game went. I don't feel great <laughs> about it because we're going to see exactly the same setup for Crystal Palace. I mean, even more rigid, knowing what Roy Hodgson's like and how he coaches his teams. Um, you know, the the... I, th- I believe I'm right in saying that Roy Hodgson literally tied string to his players in training to maintain the distances between the defence and the midfield um, in, in practice and to get them used to what he expects from them on the pitch. So we're going to see pretty much the same defensive approach, I think. Um, so a lot of patience is going to be required. Uh, I do think Poro and Udogi being back will change the shape of the game somewhat and i will say actually i i forgot to mention this before we really miss poro's set pieces you know i know madison is a decent decent enough set piece taker but poro elevates us a lot with his set pieces he is really special from a dead ball uh, and, and that will help significantly i think um so you know maybe that does change the shape of the game i think Ange needs to learn lessons as well um, don't repeat the same mistakes. You you know, bringing Johnson on in a game where you need kind of quick feet and one v one abilities and don't have space to run in behind doesn't suit Johnson. That's not his game. He needs he needs room to move into. The room wasn't there. Um, Werner, I think, is a little different. He's kind of whilst I agree with you completely that his finishing is 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 looking <laughs> much like what we've been accustomed to with Timo Werner. There's some kind of sprightliness to his play that really adds something, I feel. Um, lots of give and goes, quick movement inside the defender. So he he doesn't rely on the pace to get in behind. He will play quick one-twos and, and then use his pace. And I think that is really effective and useful and actually something Johnson can learn from in the long run. Um, so, yeah, I think Ange needs to learn lessons. If, if Son's not working, get him off, get Werner on. If, um, I don't know, if we're not progressing the ball through midfield, be bold, bring on Le Celso or maybe even Donnelly, um, you know, try things. Don't just wait for something to happen because we can't guarantee it will. Um, but it will, it will be a tough game against Palace for sure. Absolutely. The thing that worries me most is looking at uh, Palace's form in this calendar year. Uh, so far since January, they've won one game and it was a three, two win against Sheffield United. Um, So, you know, most people would be saying, wow, Crystal Palace is really poor right now. This is our chance. I look at this and say, wow, this is Spurs' opportunity to Spursy it up and uh, (laughs) really make people uh, stressed out. But uh, they also have two games uh, between now and then. They've got uh, Everton tomorrow. Uh, Next weekend, they've got Burnley. So those are probably going to be some interesting uh matches to watch if you want to like you know check them out and see what spurs might be getting into particularly since we don't have a match next weekend um but yeah i i kind of feel the same way right like it's going to be another difficult one we're not really showing the capability of breaking down that sort of defensive side i do think that we are going to see something a little bit different. And honestly, it probably will just be because at least one of Poro or Destiny will be fit enough to return, um, if not both of them. And if that's the only change that we get, that might just be enough, um, especially if it's Poro. If we can get Poro back there, I think that's a huge boost um, because his set-piece delivery, not only is it uh, superior from the corners, but it also enables us to move Madison to a more central position to pick up the second ball and then redistribute. I think we were lacking a lot of that uh, against Wolves. Um, and there's a lot to be said about winning that second ball and trying to play uh, back into the box. And too often we were just missing out. We were having our pockets picked. You know, Basuma in particular had the one that led to a goal. Um yeah, we need a lot more stability centrally. And when we're taking some of our more creative central players and, and pulling them out to take corner kicks and, and whatnot, it makes things a lot more difficult. Um, 
But yeah, I think I feel better about Crystal Palace than I did against Wolves, but not by much. Uh, I'm, I'm going to keep an eye and see how they perform. And, and I don't know, maybe after 10 days have passed, I'll feel more confident. But uh, I, I think until we've had a solid run of form again, I'm just going to feel a little bit awkward. And it, it's not for Ange, right? Like I felt uncomfortable uh, with stretches under Mourinho, under Conte, Ange is different. Like, I see what he's trying to do. I see that the players aren't really picking up on that in the way that they should because of what we've talked about, right? The fatigue, uh, the getting beat up constantly, the lack of rotation, all that. So, again, long rest against a team that is a, a good opportunity to show that we can do something against a defensive team. Um, I don't know. Mike, what do you think? It, it's... So the way that so the the way that Wolves played us is kind of like the blueprint now, right? Um, it it, it was seems Val Vicario, but yeah, <laughs> right, yeah. So I, I mean, it's that's kind of the blueprint now. Um, and you know, Ansh told us in the beginning that these things are going to happen with the way that his system works, and I just I, my only fear for that Crystal Palace game. Is the way that Eze and and Elise play if if they're both healthy, both on the field together at the same time? That it's they we saw we saw Neto take advantage of that, like, um, you know, and we, we didn't really get to see Matoma like full strength because uh, he just came back, but like a player like that would have taken advantage of it too uh, at Brighton. Um, but I think I think that. If we're gonna sit back and rely on Mickey's pace and Van and uh, and and Romero's ability to to defend in the box, we have to we have to really get make sure we get Poro and and Adogi back because we can't just keep relying on these guys and keep relying on these guys because it's gonna wear them out and eventually that's gonna lead to disaster. So if if that's the blueprint is sitting back in a in a low block or a mid low block and just hope to intercept the ball in the midfield and 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 pop it over the top to a fast guy then we're going to we're going to end up eventually getting getting just decimated just just destroyed um that said i think i think that given the amount of time that we have, there's going to be some changes that are made. I I, I think we're already starting to you know, make changes in those in those defensive set pieces uh, around Vicario. You saw, you know, you saw Madison get into the mix, and uh, you saw actually Emerson body up uh, dudes in the box too. You know, problem is when you do that, you have you leave somebody open right in the middle of the box, you know, and that happens, and that and that did happen. Um, I think Crystal Palace is in a bad spot. Um, Roy Hodgson just Roy Hodgson just went into the hospital, um, and I think the Guardian just said he's expected to to step down for Glasner. So, like, if that happens, who knows? They might get a new manager bounce. I don't. I don't know. I don't know what to expect from this game. I expect that Spurs with with some extended quote unquote rest. We already talked about that, but with some extended rest, uh, could could come back and and put the stamp back on things and say, "Hey, we're back. We got our guys healthy, and and this is where we're going to go." And and it could be a, a, an amazing game. Um, I'm going to be down at Boston Spurs for that, as I'm going to watch my MLS club uh, probably lose their home opener so <laughs> the next day so i'll be down to boston spurs to watch that game love the optimism mike just i know it's just you know i don't have dave here to put me in check so and i'm not gonna do it because that seems like a lot of work and it, it that's, does it's it not does. what i'm about no uh, I, th I think we can i think we can win that match and we should we should win it pretty easily but we are spurs so I, the, the thing Nothing's is, we easy. all have to, we have to, we have to keep hard. in the back of our mind that we have, this is a project, you know, and it's going to take time. And Ange, Ange assured us he ain't going anywhere. So, you know, what? it's a compliment that teams approach us like this, isn't it? But yeah, they I think want it is to play in the low block. They know that if they don't do that, we will take them apart. So it, I think it's a sign that teams are threatened by us. 
Agreed. Frankly, kudos to Ange, because I think the one thing that we don't really talk about enough is how he handles the uh, media pressure. You know, we all know how some of these journalists can be ruthless uh, going after him. Uh, But every single time I see him uh, interviewing, whether it's through, you know, just the pre post-match interviews or if it's off with a a different, uh, you know, news organization, he's always the same level headed, calm, collected, whether we win, lose, draw. You get the same. It's the same message. Nothing changes. Nobody's getting thrown under the bus. It's always, you know, this is my way. We're going to do it. I'm responsible. And to me, that's refreshing, right? I love how we've got a a coach who accepts that he's the guy picking the team. He's the one who's making the changes. He's the one who's responsible for getting the most out of these players. And, you know, taking some of that pressure off of the guys should, in theory, open them up to be a little bit more risky, let them play a little bit uh, more open. And then when it doesn't happen, it's, you know, it's his responsibility to recognize that and, uh, you know, make some of the hard calls. And by and large, I think we have seen that more often than not this season with some players being left on the bench. Um, you know, you could argue that, uh, pulling Benton Kerr and having him on the bench, uh, so quickly after coming back is a slap in the face given, oh, well, he pushed himself hard to get there, but we've all seen that he was lacking. Um, and Ange saw it too, and and Basuma gets the nod. But so we've—it's not that he can't or won't. It's that can he do it uh, to your captain when it counts, right? So, you know, he's not perfect by any stretch of the imagination, but he is a breath of fresh air, um, and and I absolutely am willing to give him as much grace as possible. You know, if he goes the entire contract playing this exact same way and nothing changes. I still think it's a net positive because it at least shows that, you know, we're doing the right things. We're playing the way that is exciting and entertaining uh, more often than not for us. It's, it's, I don't know. It's fun. It's fun for a change. Um, So I'll take it. Kudos to Ange. Um, Chris, I'm going to ask you this one last question before we get to closing thoughts, because I am curious from your perspective as somebody who's actually over there and in the thick of it, um, do you get a similar sort of vibe from the fan base, uh, you know, overseas where, you know, you're more local, it's more close to home for you? Like, are we just making things up? Like, everybody loves Ange, but it's just because we're so far removed physically. Um, what, what's the sentiment like over there? There's definitely, um, so I would say broadly, everyone loves Ange. And then, um you get the odd dissenting voice. So some people just cannot get their heads around the concept of the goalkeeper playing a short pass out to the centre-back and the centre-back playing it back to the goalkeeper. They're too nervous. They're there in the stadium watching. It's too hard for them to deal with the ball being that close to the goal through our own choosing. They just want to see it pumped forward and they, they can't deal with the sort of patient approach to kind of try and create spaces and wait for the opposition to come out. So you do get the odd dissenting voice. Um, just mainly just shouting play it forward or something inane like that um and i would say i don't know about you guys but i've noticed on social media there is definitely a lot more negativity starting to creep in i think that has coincided with you know all of the injuries the african cup nations the asian games this stuff has hampered the team to to a pretty prominent degree and and i think it's understandable that the performances have dropped and people just need to have some perspective and wait it out and see what happens because we've got good players we've got a great coach we should end the season strongly i think um and and people are getting ahead of themselves but yeah broadly speaking in the stadium people love Ange and his name is sung from the first minutes of a last excellent excellent love to hear it all right well it is getting close to that time uh so how about we touch on some closing thoughts mike you want to start us off there yeah. Um, I think I mentioned, uh, and, and this is not Spurs related. Uh, it is, I, I mentioned, uh, that, um, March 2nd, I'm going to be, uh, heading down to Boston Spurs to watch, to watch that match there on uh, the Crystal Palace match. But on the third, I'm going to go see, uh, my New England revolution play, uh, their, their home opener. Um, and we, you know, we have a new coach. Bruce arena is gone. Um, thank God. <laughs> um, we 
we re-signed Tejan Buchanan, uh, which is which is huge. He's a uh, he's uh, an amazing young player, which uh, I I don't see staying in America much longer. Um, but we'll we'll love him while he's here. Um, but I just wanted to touch a little bit on on the the state of U.S. soccer um, because of not because of the way that you know I see the youth game um, organized, but more the amateur and and lower leagues um, being being kind of exploited um, by MLS. Um, the U.S. Open Cup is coming up. Uh, it's it's. If you want to relate it to anything, it's similar to the FA Cup in that uh, we have a number of amateur teams who are non-league. Um, our very own uh, Vermont Green FC will be playing in that for the first year this year, uh, previous to their third third season in existence, uh, which is a testament to what they're doing, uh, what our founders and owners are doing. Um, but um, we have um, a new league that came in uh, and immediately got all nine of their teams admitted and they're they're an amateur league immediately got all nine of their teams admitted and because of the fact that they're unstructured um we don't know yet the the, the tournament starts on the uh, 18th of march we don't know yet at vermont green who will who we will be playing we don't know um whether we have a home or away match like this is a big deal and it's and it's mostly because MLS um refuses to play nice with the rest of the lower leagues um they ref- they refuse um uh, they refused the USL championship for promotion and relegation system um they refused the USL for for women's teams they and, and it's just kind of emblematic of what's happening um in the U.S. Soccer Federation versus USA Soccer, um, very very disorganized. And I know that we've had we have a number of European players and English players um, on the on the Vermont Green that I've spoken to um, on my other podcast. Um, and as much as our players are catching up without a a valid system in this country we're never going to see the u.s catch up to the european the european leagues and and that's going to hurt us in the long run especially with the world cup coming up in in north america and and it's really sad to see because we have so many good young players that are coming through even down to the u14 teams that are, that are coming up through um, I've seen it a number of tournaments, U12, U12 kids, U2, U14 kids, U16 kids. There are a lot of really, really good players coming up and, and they're not being given the advantages that they could have in a European system where there is promotion and relegation. There are youth academies that are not pay to play. And and I think U.S. soccer is 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 really falling behind and they're going to destroy soccer in this country. And it's a, it's a sad thing for me. Yeah, my closing thought, I'll just piggyback off that uh, briefly, because we do have the World Cup in two years coming here, right? Canada, US, Mexico, all coming together. Um, That is the perfect opportunity uh, to get kids hyped about it, to get people more interested in the sport, uh, to really elevate it above and beyond some of the other sports uh, in the country that are a little bit faltering. but you're absolutely right. The disorganization is going to hurt. It's going to make it so that, you know, some of the kids who might want to see a World Cup match or or get interested in soccer, they're going to be priced out of it because, you know, all the best clubs, you got to pay way too much to be a part of. Um, and the, you know, I, I did uh, coaching in the fall for the rec program. So it was relatively low cost. And, you know, I knew what I was doing. My team went undefeated because the other coaches really did it. You know, it's like somebody's grandpa who's volunteering to help out or, or a, you know, mom or dad who doesn't really know much about soccer, but like their kids in it. So they're going to, you know, do their best. And, you know, a lot of these kids, they they're good kids. You know, they've got talent. They want to be there. Or they want to do it. Um, but there is a huge disparity between those who get to pay for 
the, you know, club soccer in the off seasons versus those who are just picking it up because it's a rec program activity and it's, uh, you know, cost effective for them. And, you know, when it comes to coaching, that's another thing, right? A lot of us, especially volunteers who are just doing it for fun. Um, it's my belief that it is crucial to let these kids know as they're playing that it does. I don't care if you have a club team. I don't care if your parents are able to, to send you to, you know, whatever premier organizations around when you're playing on this team, everybody is playing equally. And so if somebody next to you can't do the same sort of skill thing that you can, why don't you show them how to do it? Walk them through it, you know, advocate, lift everybody up around you. Um, but unfortunately, you know, we're in this position where as a society, we don't really want to lift people up. We want to be the best and only the best. And, you know, at some point it does hurt. You know, you're not giving the opportunity to players to let players develop who can't. You know, you hear about like Richarlison, for example, playing on the streets in rural Brazil and, not really, you know, he walked into an opportunity and does a lot of, um, you know, giving back because he knows how important it is. Doesn't really happen all too much here. Um, and it's unfortunate because like I, where I grew up in New Jersey, I knew a lot of kids who were really good, really talented, didn't get to play because they couldn't afford it. We have a number of kids uh, in our club and I am part of the problem uh, because I am, I am doing the pay to play system and I, and, I, I could tell you, Steve, that like we spend well over four to five thousand dollars a year, um, and that's including with travel and tournaments and that kind of stuff. Um, we what I also do because because I am able to, um, be, because my job and my life situation allows me to, is I donate to that to that scholarship program that we have at the club. Um, and I know that other a couple other clubs um, do the same. We have Vermont Patriots, who who we have a large Somali. Uh, we have a large Somali uh, population, so we allow we allow them to come, uh, and they they are they are allowed to come and play for free. Um, and Burlington Football Club also does the same type of a thing. They no matter no matter the cost, no matter your ability to pay, they allow kids to play. So I think that's a that's a good thing. Um, Steve did have to drop off, but um, I'm going to ask Wendy for his uh, his kind of final thoughts, and then we'll uh, we'll close it out here with with the final words. I, I found that really fascinating to hear about the um, the the youth soccer and uh, talk about the upcoming World Cup. Uh, I did part of me feel uh, the inevitable looming civil war that's about to happen in the US will make all of this seem like a a blip. Um, in 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 the rear view mirror, I guess at some point, um, but really genuinely really interesting. And actually, if I sort of carry on the theme of talking about um, youth football, I think not only did we have a lot to be excited about at Spurs in terms of the first team with Ange and the kind of project that he's 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 working on, but our uh, current under 18s are the best group of under eighteen players I've seen for quite some time at Spurs and I'm very very excited about several of them uh, I think people have heard a lot about Mikey Moore for good reason he's ridiculously skillful um, scores lots of goals is incredible at dribbling so scores kind of goals that are really eye-catching but there are two other players that I think are on that level also so Tyrese Hall who is a central midfield player who is a brilliant ball carrier from deep and has just stepped up to the under-21s uh, to make his first couple of starts. He is fantastic and definitely one to watch. And the other one is Leo Black, who plays the inverted right-back role for the under-18s, which I am very much enjoying. He was a central midfield player, so it kind of um, kind of explains, I guess, why I'm um, suggesting that central midfield players can play this 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 role in Ange's system. Um Brilliant player, really talented. Reminds me a little bit of Walker Peters, but I'd say he has a bit more control in midfield. He's kind of... Um, Walker Peters would sometimes overcommit in a really exciting way, but uh, it would kind of catch us out defensively. Leo Black's a bit more calm, a bit more controlled and a bit more patient. And yeah, definitely uh, another player to watch. So loads to be excited about with Spurs' future. Awesome. You know, I, I always love to hear you talk about the, the youth system at Spurs because... Not a lot of people do. Um, I will. I will shout out the N17 Women podcast too because 
Um, you know, I, I talked to Caroline a little bit on, online and, and, you know, we, we have, we have some stuff to talk about because my daughter's becoming interested in Spurs now too. She's a, she's a Brennan Johnson fan, just forgive her for now. But, um, she, uh, it, we, we buy the membership to Spurs play because we get to watch those, some of those youth games. We actually get to watch some of the women's matches and it's fantastic. And, 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 um, Having having people like Caroline out there to to she kind of got us through the women's game too, really uh is really exciting. So we have people who are who are voices for those for the for the younger academy teams and the women's teams. So I and I love that about and I love that about uh you guys. So um it's always nice to hear you talk about that because I know your face lights up when you talk about the youth football and it's <laughs> and it's amazing. Um but uh as we as we uh, leave here tonight, uh, I want to thank I want to thank Wendy for coming on again. Um, we'll we'll uh, as soon as the finance department uh, approves the jacket uh, the jackets, we'll send them out to you and uh, Brian from Rhode Island. And uh, and uh, you know we'd love to have you on again. Um, and and I'm sure we'll be in contact about that. But as we leave, um, you know, Steve would always say, um, "Don't be an asshole." And he would also say, "Quiz, quiz, 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 quiz." Uh, and for me, I I just love to say, guys, it's it's a crazy world out there. Uh, Wendy just mentioned uh, the coming civil war that might be happening in the United States. Uh, you know, don't get too far into the politics and all that shit that ha- happens around us. Um, live your lives, try and be happy, and try and make other people happy, and just be safe out there. And you know, like. I sometimes forget, and Dave has to remind me. Tottenham Hotspur action. It's fantastic.